Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Ready? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I thank you, Lord, this morning, Father, as we share your word, Lord, that freedom would come to the house, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us a new creation, Lord, that we would begin to realize who we are and what we are in you and through you, Father. Lord, I just pray right now that as we share these things, Lord, and as your word goes forth, it will not return void. And I pray, Lord, that as this is shared, that the anointing would be upon everything that is shared this morning in such a way, Lord, that it would bring freedom, Father. To, to, it would bring healing and freedom to our bodies, to our minds, to our souls. In Jesus' name, we believe that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I kind of picked up on last week's message where we were ministering to uh, the youth that had just come back from camp. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the one who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, right? And we took that word indeed and we separated it and we spoke about the different deeds and the different things that have to happen after an encounter with God or a retreat like our youth had. And as I was ministering the word, I, I went to the, a particular scripture and I've read it a thousand times and I read it and something inside of me just shook, man. I was like, wow. And so uh, usually on Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, I pray and I, I, you know, uh, uh, I have a book that I'm in the middle of reading. I'm usually in a couple books, but this week I'm only into one of them. And, and I'm reading this book and I'm just excited about it. And, and the Lord kept pulling me away from it and pulling away from it. And, and all, I could, all I could see was that the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I, I know that. I got that. You know, I, I've said that a thousand times. And, but as, as he was ministering that to me, the word came to me. And this is what the Lord wanted me to share with you this morning. John 8, 32, New King James Version, it says, And you shall know the truth. Everybody say no. no. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's another version of that that says set you free. But I like the make you free. Don't you like that better? It, the truth will make you free. And I have this old saying that I say around here. It says, sometimes people come for prayer and they give us the facts. I'm sick. The doctor diagnosed this. My son is running around out there doing drugs. This is happening. That's happening. Those are all the facts. We're not denying that those are the facts. But then we respond with the truth. Because the truth is different from the facts. The facts may say that you're sick, you're ill, you have this. You know, the facts may say those things. We've had those facts spoken into our family and into one of our kids. And the truth came up and rose up inside of all of us. And it healed uh, uh, our child. It's healed. My wife's knee has been healed uh, through the truth, even though there were facts that surgery was going to be needed. And we stood on the truth, right? So that's what I'm going to give you today is the truth. In John 8.32, in the Amplified Version, it reads like this. And you will know the truth. Everybody say no. Yeah. 
You will know the truth regarding salvation. The Amplified Version always puts things in parentheses. Regarding salvation. And the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. So you know that the Word of God is alive. It's living. It's, it's growing. It's, it's, a, it's a living organism, right? The, the Word became flesh. So when you minister the Word on any particular subject... There is that which is black and white. There is that which is a revelation. You have to be careful there because then you have those that stand up and say, well, I have, I have a revelation that no one else has. If you ever hear that, run. <laughs> run, because the Holy Spirit is not going to give revelation to one person and, and not anybody else. So you got to be very, very careful with that. But I believe that this scripture not only talks about regarding salvation or being delivered from the penalty of sin, but I think it talks about many other parts of our lives and, and freedom in many other parts of our lives. So to know the truth is an absolute. It's not, a, it's not something that, oh, well, I know this and you know that and I kind of know this. And it, you either know it or you don't know it. You can't be, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not, right? So you either know the truth or you don't know the truth, right? It cannot be changed, reasoned, or made to be anything other than the truth. To know is also a Jewish idiom that means sexual intercourse. Yes, you did hear that right. Between a man and a woman or to become one flesh. So they use that word know in, in, in the Jewish, it's an idiom, it's a word that not only means to know somebody, like to get to know somebody, but it also means uh, sexual intercourse or to become one with your wife or your spouse. So to know the truth is to become one with the truth. See, it's not enough that we would know the truth and have, I know people that, that know, they could quote scriptures left and right, 10 times better than I ever could. I mean, they, they could quote uh, long portions of scripture and they know the word and they could respond and 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 give you all this awesome uh, uh response from the word but they're not it's not part of who they are it's just knowledge and you see things happen in their life over and over and over again and you're wondering why are they being destroyed why are they being attacked in such a way we're all going to be attacked i'm not saying because you know the truth you're not everything's going to be fine and dandy that's not the truth but you watch them, and I'm like, what is going on? Because they only know the truth. It hasn't become one with them. They only acknowledge the truth in their mind. It hasn't become knowledge or knowing the truth, which becomes one with you. That's what Jesus is. He is the truth. Isn't he? You guys are half asleep today. Make you free is actually one word in Greek. Eleotheru. I know I chopped that up real bad. Set at liberty from the dominion of sin. Listen to this uh, description of it. To be exempt from moral, ceremonial, or mortal liability. Let me say that again. To be exempt from moral, ceremonial, or mortal liability. He paid the price. It'll, it'll hit you later, I promise. See, we were, we, were, we were born into mortal bodies, right? These bodies eventually will die, right? But because of the truth and the knowledge of that he paid my sin, I get to be immortal. Even though this body one day will go into the ground, and the, the word says in Corinthians that your body's like a seed. It doesn't grow until it's dead and planted into the ground, and then it bears its fruit. Did you know that you're not going to bear your fruit until you're dead? That's what it says. And then you will grow 
like pines and, and big trees near the river in the presence of God. We're going to grow up there. I don't need to grow anymore, right? Some of us are like, I don't want to grow anymore. I'm not growing this way. I'm growing this way. But we shall know the truth. It will make us free. It will, it will uh, make us exempt from any moral, ceremonial, or mortal liability. Wow. Thank you, Lord. In second, I'm going to give you truths, one after the other. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to be like, doo, 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 right? <laughs> we had a, a professor, uh, uh, Professor Cooper, and they called him Shotgun Cooper. He was 94 years old when I went to school. And I believe he's passed. Was, uh, 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 Tyler went to the back. I believe he's passed since then. He was 100 and something when, when he finally passed away. But um, he was still teaching, too. He, he would see him in the hallway. <laughs> and he wasn't slow. He would scoot through the hallways. But they called him Shotgun Cooper. And he taught Old Testament literature. And he went, I teach Old Testament literature because I was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome. But if you didn't take notes in his class, it was like, he, they called him Shotgun Cooper because he would let him go, boom, boom, boom. And you had to, like, try to keep up. Do you remember Cooper? Thank you. I was trying to remember. There's somebody else here that remembers him. Ready? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Truth. John 8, 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Truth. Galatians 5, 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Truth. Now, we see these things, and we read these scriptures, and they're encouraging, and they're like, wow. And then what happens? What is the enemy of truth? lies right we have two fathers you can live under the father of truth which is god or the father of lies there is no in between there is no gray area there is no you're either under one or the other so you're either you're either listening to the father of lies or you're listening to the father of truth these are truths but there's always something that comes against the truth so if these scriptures are true and they are why is it that all these old things don't seem to pass away, but continue to creep back into our lives. Why do we still struggle with the stuff that we were struggling with before? Why do I still think that way? Why do I still look at stuff that way? Why do I still behave that way? Why do I still speak that way? Why do I, why, 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 why do I still am this old person? Why is it that once we're set free, it is so hard to be free indeed? You've been set free. Why is it so hard for me to express my freedom in my deeds and in my actions? Why is it so hard? Why is it we keep getting entangled again with the yoke of bondage if Christ has made us free? If that's truth, why is this, still, this stuff still happening? Why have we settled for a life of continuous struggle with the law of sin and death when we have been set free from the law of sin and death? The answer is we have believed the lie of the accuser. Satan. He is the accuser of the brethren. See, these lies keep us from doing the things that Jesus commanded in the freedom that he provided. So what are these lies? If you have your notes, you can fill these in. I'm going to give them all to you right now, and then we're going to keep going. What are these lies? Number one, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. Number two, if, you, if, he can, if he can get you to believe that one, then you're done. 
He doesn't even have to go to number two. But if you make it past number one, then here comes the second one. It's too hard. Just quit. Now, let's say you're one of these real strong, faithful people that make it past one and two. Now you got three. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. We have heard all these lies, and they are sequential. See, once you have conquered the first lie that deceives you into thinking that you're not free to do what God has commanded, the enemy, who only speaks lies, will attack you with another lie. He doesn't give up, right? How many lies, how many times did he come against, uh, attempt Jesus? Three times. Have you heard the whisper from the enemy? It's too hard, just quit. This Christianity thing, is just, it's just, oh, I can't do it. It's just too hard. I can't live this life. I can't do this and I can't do that. You're absolutely right. You can't. Now you have conquered the second lie and refused to quit. The accuser tries one more time. It's, not just, it's just not worth it. Many of us get taken down by this one. We say things like, what's the point? What good is this doing me? I was better off before. I got a hmm there. Before the deals, before we deal specifically with these three lies, I'm going to lay down a very important foundation to which to build on the truth. So I'm going to give you a foundation of truth, and then we're going to talk about these three lies. You ready? I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians 15, 13, James 4, 7, 1 Peter 5, 9, the first part, and Galatians 5, 1. And I'm going to take them all and put them all together into one long scripture. Can we do that? You guys allow me to do that? I haven't changed them. I just put them together. Ready? Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave and be strong. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. This should be like on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth, right, on your refrigerator, when you're being tempted to eat something you shouldn't, <laughs> three or four times a day, at midnight. What is up with that? Why couldn't God just put a switch on your body where, like, you know, after a certain time, you're not hungry anymore? Yeah, you eat dinner, and you sit down, or you go for a walk, and you're feeling good. I ate dinner, I'm good. I'm good till tomorrow morning. And then about 10 o'clock at night, you're like, I got to eat something. I got to eat something. So you may be sitting there, this sounds great, but it also sounds impossible. I have tried and tried and tried again and failed every time. I have a victory here and there. Once in a while, I can come out and say, woohoo, I did it. But man, the failure is just around the corner. The attack that I just can't withstand anymore, it's coming around. I know it's coming. I failed and I have fallen into this sin before and I'm going to fall into this sin again. You may not say those things out loud, but we all deal with them. Luke 18, 27, truth. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I think we're going to the wrong source. Especially guys. Nothing against the women, but guys want to do things on their own. Right? I can handle this. I can do this. I, I, I got it. I got this. Right? I'll take care of it. We, we, we tend to want to put it on our own shoulders because we're dudes, man. We, we could do it. Right? And then the enemy comes along and says, yeah, you can, you, you can do it. 
And he lies, and we accept the lie. Because it's not by our own strength, but by his. See, when we rely on God 100%, we could overcome these things. Let's conquer the first lie. These lies are right out of 2 Samuel. We're going to start in verse 20, uh, chapter 23, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. These are the mighty men of David. Oh, boy. Jashep Bashtabeth, the Tacklemite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Esnite, because he had killed, listen, 800 men at one time by himself. That's a dude, man. That's, that's, a man. that's a man's man right there, man. That guy was like, woo. See, when David had gathered these men, and we're going to talk about the other two in a minute, but he gathered these men. He was hiding in the wilderness. He was in a camp, or he was retreating from Saul because Saul was king and out to kill David. Guys, if you know the story, because Samuel had anointed David king, and Saul was not willing to give up his seat. See, these men that gathered with David were the outlaws and the lowlifes of the time. They were distressed. They were in debt. They were discontented foreigners. See, this nobody from nowhere killed 800 men. See, Andino was considered the worst of them, and he was the captain. He was the leader. He was the worst of them, yet he became the captain of David's mighty men. He was not an Israelite which at the time meant he was a nobody. And he was from Tacmon. Try to find that somewhere. It doesn't exist. It's nowhere. So he's a nobody from nowhere. <laughs> this nobody from nowhere killed 800 men by himself at one time. He did not have a 50 caliber machine gun. He didn't have a military tank. His name wasn't Rambo. You know, he was... He was, he was just a regular guy. What did they have? Spears and rocks and sticks. And, you know, that's what he fought with. Yet he killed 800 men. He didn't have help from the Terminator. <laughs> See, the weapons that he had, although the natural weapons were rocks and spears and knives and sticks, he had a supernatural weapon. He chose to believe that he could do it. He chose to believe that he could do it. This nobody from nowhere did the impossible by conquering the first lie. No, you just can't do it. I mean, you, you know, some of us are stuck right there right now in their, in their Christian walk. You just can't do it. And you're right. But it doesn't mean, that may be a fact, but that's not the truth. The truth is that you can't conquer these temptations. You can't conquer these things in life, and you can do it. You may be a nobody from nowhere, but you can do it. And then you make it past the first lie. Now comes the second one. At this point, you have some victories in your life, some notches in your belt. And you have overcome some things in your life. How many of you have overcome some things, have had some victories, right? We can, yes. You know, King David was really good at this, pulling himself up by his own bootstraps. He would, he would encourage himself by remembering what he, the victories that he had had before. He would, he would remind himself of the things. You know, he could, he could grovel and complain for 30 scriptures in, in Psalms, and then the last three, he comes out victorious in the end. How did he do that? By the truth. Oh, Lord, my pillow is soaking wet by my tears, and I just don't know, and you've forsaken me, and you've left me, and I don't know what to do anymore. But my God, 
It's like, what happened to you, man? It's like he woke up, but my God. And then he all of a sudden, he'd go into this next three, and he'd come out on top. He'd come out victorious after saying all these negative things about what was happening to him. Why? Because he just did He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. It's too hard. Just quit. I tried. The Lord understands. I did it for a little while. That has to count for something. Right? I, I, I'm better than I used to be. You've heard me say that. I don't like that saying. Because I used to say it too. And all that means is that I can stay right where I'm at because I was better than I used to be and I don't get any better. And see, spiritual growth is a lifelong thing. You should be better tomorrow than you are today. You're never going to arrive until we arrive there. But you should be better tomorrow than you are today, even if it's a little bit, even if it's a little bit. So the second lie comes along and says, you know, you just can't do it. It's too hard. Just quit. The Lord understands. 2 Samuel 23, 9 and 10 reads, And after him, Andino, was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. You'd be hard in high school, right? You'd have a rough time in high school if your dad's name was Dodo. <laughs> Who's that? That's my dad. What's his name? Dodo. <laughs> You're the son of Dodo. They wouldn't even call him Eleazar. They'd probably call him son of Dodo. <laughs> They'd just make fun of him. I'm sure they would. Nowadays? Was Eleazar the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. And he arose. Listen to this. The men of Israel had retreated. You ever, you ever stand up for something and everyone else just runs in the other direction? Yes. Just kind of leaves you standing there like, like look, I'm standing. You're, you're my Christian brother in Christ. Why aren't you? And then you just all of a sudden you're standing all by yourself. I have been there. It's a lonely place to be, but God is there with you. You will come out on the other side. You will be the one. Because here it says the Israelites retreated. And he, <laughs> Eleazar, son of Dodo, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. Son of Dodo, his hand stuck to the sword. What is the sword a type and shadow of? The word of God, right? How are you going to overcome these lies? By the truth, the word of God. Your hand should be so stuck on it, right? Your sword, you should never leave home without it. Your sword should be with you everywhere. Maybe not in a paper form, but at least... Enough to say, I'm going to stand on this word. I'm, I know this. It's become part of who I am. But he said, all these people left him alone. He had the excuse. This is too hard. I'm just going to quit, man. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to run with the Israelites. But you know that his ability to overcome this lie blessed everyone that ran. Because it says they came back to plunder. There's another story in the Bible about this. I won't go there because if I start teaching that one, then we're, I'm going to lose time here. But they all came back to plunder. So they all benefited by this man overcoming, the son of Dodo, overcoming the lie. 
It's too hard. You just can't do it. See, not Eleazar. His hand stuck to the sword. It said that he became weary. Do we have any recreational runners? I think that's an oxymoron, but anyway. <laughs> any recreational runners in the room where you run like marathons? And stuff? No, like you've run maybe even a short one, like a 5K or something, right? Okay. <clears throat> Not me. I run when someone's chasing me. But so I got, I got thumbs up back here. Yeah, I only run if the cops are, no, if, the dog, if a dog's chasing me, that's the old man. See, I got to keep that guy down. But, <laughs> but when you're running, right, you get to a point where you're almost there and you get weary. You get tired. Sometimes you want to walk a little bit. I can imagine a 26.2, like a full marathon. And these recreational runners, we happen to know a few that have run 26. In fact, I know a guy that's done the triathlon all the way through. Just fi Not finishing first, but just finishing is a major feat in itself. So what do you have to do? How many times during just a regular marathon does your body and your mind tell you it's too hard, just quit? I'm not going to make it. I'm already 132nd. I'm not going to even come close to being in the top 10. Why am I going to do this for so that I can say that I finished? Who cares? I'm not even going to. Oh, I finished. Where'd you finish? 132nd. Nowadays, everyone gets a trophy. I participated. Keep your trophy. I came in 132nd. Right? <laughs> but what happens? You have to deal with that in your mind. Your body is capable of making it if you've trained and you've done everything proper and you've eaten correctly. You know, like me, I'm running with 220, so it's different than someone who's running with 120. It's, it's a whole different deal. But, you know, you run and you get there and you have to, and then what happens? When you make it past that point, you get a second wind. And then all of a sudden, you're back to number one. I'm like, oh, wow. Why? Because you didn't quit. You kept going. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In due season. Sometimes the due season is right around the corner. I wish the Lord could show us like on video or on our phone, on YouTube or something, could show us all the times that we, we fell short because we didn't know it was right around the corner. That the answer to our problem, the answer to our issue, the faith that we were standing on, the answer, the promises of God were right there. And we stopped. We don't know that it could have been just one more step. If he showed us that, I think we'd, we'd endure a little more. That's why he does it, right? The, the, the uh, word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. <laughs> right? I wish he would show me way out there. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know why he doesn't do that? Because then we'd make our own path. If I knew where I was going, I would, I would probably find my own way there. I would think up my own good, best way to get to that from point A to point B. I would, I would figure it all out. But God says, no, no, I'm going to take you there, but it's my path. See, because it's not the answer to your, to your problem. It's not the answer. It's not the promise that you get at the end. It's the journey that makes you different. See, if you received everything yet, you'd be a spoiled brat. See, but God's not trying to do something for us. He's trying to do something in us. That's a difference. So he's trying to do something in us, and that happens during the journey. But we can't give up. We can't quit. 
So now we've conquered the two lies. You just can't do it and just quit. But we have to conquer the last lie. It's not worth it. Let's look again at our scripture, 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12. And after him, son of Dodo. I love saying that. Everybody keeps laughing. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils or beans. Then people fled from the Philistines, but he, Shammah, I love that, Shammah, he stationed himself in the middle of the field or the hill of beans, defended it and killed the Philistines and the Lord brought about a great victory. You know where I'm going with this, right? It's not worth a hill of beans. Right? It's not worth a hill of beans. But to this man, it was worth it. Even if the hill of beans wasn't worth doing what he did, the victory was worth it. See, sometimes what you stick to and what you receive, it's like, well, that wasn't worth it. I, man, I went through so much for so little. But God is glorifying himself in you and through you. That's worth it. Right? The, the, the harvest is worth it. It's worth it to be in ministry for an entire life. Lay down your life for others, for one person to get saved. It would be worth it. Would it not? If it was you, it would be worth it. Yet we look and we want, we want grandeur and we want hundreds of thousands of people and we want, that's all great and that's all dandy and that's all good and God does things that way too, but man, it's the one that lays down his life behind the scenes that does things that nobody else sees that causes a change to come. You want to grow the kingdom? Do your part. Do your part. It's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. See, Shama saw a piece of ground or a hill of beans full of lentils. And the Israelites once again fled from the Philistines because they saw no value in this hill of beans. If it was a hill of diamonds or gold, we would understand. But beans, it's worth it, especially if there's a hill of rice next to it. And a little farm with some pigs over there. And some plantain uh, trees over here. Huh? And some yucca. Why do you do that? It's, it's almost time. I'm hungry. Did you guys get that? Arroz, frijoles, lechon, <laughs> plantains. Okay. Avocado. <laughs> A plantation of, of uh, homestead avocados. Thank you, Gus. <laughs> he, just, he brought me an avocado this morning. He's like, this big, I can't wait to eat it. The seed's already loose inside. It's ready to go. Your, <laughs> your faith walk is worth defending. Why do we give up thinking that, well, I'm, I'm making God look bad, so I'm not. No, giving up makes God look bad, right? It's not the, it's not the failure that makes you look bad. It's the not getting back up. See, it's not failing that makes you look bad. It's, not, it's the not trying again. That's the problem. See, the Bible is clear in saying that we live in a harvest field. 
And as we look at the field, we realize that the people are living away from God and there is not godly fruit coming from their lives. So we ask, what's the difference? What am I going to do? Look at that person over there. Look at that homeless person that just, you know, they got two arms, two legs, they're young, they're strong. Why are they standing there with a sign? Why don't they just go to work? Me too. I've done that. And then God said, (laughs) I'm going to put you to work with homeless people for three full years. And that's what I did. I served homeless people for three years. Changed everything. God loves those people. And he sent us. We have no right to choose who we can preach the gospel to and who not to. We have no right to choose who we can help and not help. The only one... (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The only one that the Bible even talks about possibly turning your back on is the false prophet. The only one. And I don't even even want to say that it's possible, but there are scriptures in the Bible. I'm going to open a can of worms here, but there are scriptures in the Bible that says don't even pray for that person. But that's only after you've done everything that you could. That's not on you. That's on them. Right? But don't give up. Your faith is worth defending. These people are worth. The harvest is worth it. The answer is yes, they're worth it. You may be the only Jesus that anyone sees. This field, this harvest field, this hill of beans is worth it. So what do you do now? Here are the lies again, and I'm going to give you a truth to follow it up. You just can't do it, number one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's too hard. Just quit. I am more than a conqueror. It's just not worth it. The harvest is worth it. That is the truth. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Romans 8, 31 through 37. Here Here comes all the truth. You guys ready for this? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Come on, we should have a little attitude here. If God is for us, who? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? (laughs) Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or even the sword as it is written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That's not God counting us. That's the enemy. He's putting us in line saying, oh, we're getting these people. Yet, let me say yet. Yet Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not just, it would be okay to just say conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. I love this because I teach this out of uh, Elijah and, and making it rain and not rain. And I, I mentioned it last week. It's a great story in the Bible. But God is a God of grand finales. 
He's not a God that just does what we need. He goes way beyond that. He always, if he just answered our prayer, we'd be, wow, God is good. But he answers our prayer and then he goes a little bit further so that we can go, oh, wow. I didn't even ask for that. I didn't even pray about that. And God took it, not just this far, but he took it much farther than I could ever ask or think. You know, that scripture, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. That scripture, I read it a thousand times. And one day I had to do pulpit speech at Ramah and I preached. They gave you 12 minutes. So I only had one scripture to preach on. I preached on that scripture. And I was reading it and I felt like the Lord had chastised me. I'm trying to find the right word. In Hebrews 12, it says, if he doesn't discipline you, he doesn't love you. So I'm reading it and I'm going, why is this now making me feel this way? It was always an encouraging word. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, because your thinking and your asking is too low. It's too small. He could do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. He was telling me, bring your asking and your thinking up here. Come on, bring heaven to earth. Bring this up here. Start your ask because you are not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You're not just going to overcome this temptation. You're going to overcome this temptation. And you're going to help others to do the same. You're not just going to fix your marriage and make it an example to everyone else. You're going to counsel others into helping them make their marriage an example. More than a conqueror. You single people, wipe away everything that you ever could think of wanting in in another person. Because God has more than what you're even expecting. More. We, we, We settle into this little thing like, you know, I want this. And if I just had this, I'd be happy with this. See, God doesn't want us happy. He wants us rejoicing. What causes you to rejoice? Something that's way far beyond anything that, woo-wee, man, that is good. When something unexpected happens and it's grander and it's big, don't you get excited? Yes. Yes. I get excited. But when God goes way beyond that, mamma mia. More than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. If we were just conquerors, then we would just conquer the lie. And just, we'd be, we'd be, it, the lie would be right there behind us, just constantly. No, I'm not just going to conquer the lie. I'm going to leave it in the dust. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get so far ahead of this lie with truth that, that it's not even going to have an effect in my life ever again. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do some things. I can do most things. I could, it says all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, granted, let's read it in context. I have abounded and I have abased. So he's saying that I have had plenty. I've been rich. It's harder to be rich in the kingdom than it is to be poor in the kingdom. Because when you have everything going for you and you have money in the bank and you're driving a nice car and you have a big house and you don't have a worry in the world, God's very far away. You have to fight for that relationship when you're rich. You do. Not that God doesn't want you that way, but it only, you notice that there's only specific people that can actually handle that. To, to be at that level of, of finances because they tend to leave, they get this God complex like I've done all this on my own and they move God to the side. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. You know, that's how the tithe came to pass. Abraham had gone and he had conquered and he had, uh, uh, you know, taken the, the, the bounty from everyone. He had all this. And then he went before God. And Melchizedek shows up. 
And he says, I will give you 10%. Right? He says, give 10% unto God so that everyone will know that he brought forth the victory. Why do we give our tithe to God? Because he's the one that provides everything I could ever need. I give him the glory by giving him my tithe. That's why Abraham did that. It, it shows that God is the provider. He is the one that sustains me. He is the one that gives everything that I ever had. He gets the glory for everything. I get to enjoy it. So who cares who gets the glory? I don't want I, I earned this. I got an education, which you should get, right? I, I, you know, I worked my way up the, the ladder, which I did. I was in the executive world with Xerox and worked my way up the ladder. And, and I was very proud of all that. And then God said, you're going to leave all that behind. Just like... Not just like Abraham. Abraham had a, a million times more than I ever had. But, you know, he said, give it all up. And he set up a tent in the middle of the desert, not knowing where he was going. <laughs> Man, that takes faith. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John 16, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Remember, we talked about that uh, uh, in Jesus, you can't have anything outside of Jesus. Jesus doesn't give you peace. He is peace. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> I don't know if you get that, but that to me is like, wow. All your tribulations and all the issues that you, the world is, is, we're in it but not of it. But man, it affects us, doesn't it? Just turn on the news for two minutes. It's just, man. If I hear Robert Mueller again, one more time, if I hear that guy's name, I feel bad for him. I really do. This guy's like in the forefront. People, people love him and people hate him. Most people hate him. They've accused him of so much stuff, and all he did was his job. Sorry, I never preached politics, but man, <laughs> these things I have spoken, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the... Who's in the world? The devil's in the world, right? But who cares? Greater is in me than he that is out there. So no matter what the world brings, no matter what the world accuses you of, no matter what the tribulation is, no matter what the temptation is, no matter what the lack is, no matter what it is, I, I'm going to overcome. Why? Because greater is he that is in me. Right? We, greater, more. This is God speaking to us. If we were to grasp these truths, those lies wouldn't stand a chance. Those lies wouldn't stand a chance. 1 John 5, 4. Excuse me. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in uh, is greater than he that is in the world. First John 5, 5, 4. I said 4, 4, 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Come on. Our faith. We can say the truth. Can we say it there? It's our, our faith is in the truth, right? Our faith, the truth. That's how you overcome. So let's show the devil that we believe what the word says and not his lies. Let's show God that you have faith to overcome. Can we do that this morning? Let's stand to our feet.
You want to put that confession up there? I'm going to read it with you instead of off the... Excuse my back. It's the next one. Did I put it in there? Hey, there it is. We're going to try and do this together. There's this one and then another one, and then we're going to end with one last quote, uh, and then I'm going to pray over you. You ready? One, two, three. I am the righteousness of God, a new creation. I have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed from the curse of the law, redeemed from sickness, disease, poverty, and death. Come on. Praise you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. He never leaves me nor forsakes me since the greater one dwells within me. I can overcome every situation. The faith of God resides within me, and through it, I have the victory that overcomes the world. Last part. I have one more. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. One more time. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's not enough that you would say it. you got to believe it in your heart with everything you've got. I pray that today when you leave here, that you go back to those temptations. You go back to those issues. You go back to a failed marriage. You go back to kids that are running crazy out there. As you go back to your world, that you go back as conquerors, as overcomers. Not those that are going to bow down to every situation that comes our way. Listen, thank God that it's not on us. Thank God that it's not me that has to fight these things. It's the greater one that lives inside of me that says he's going to give, he already gave me the victory. We like to say around here, I don't pray for the victory. I pray from the victory. It's a different attitude. We got to change our attitude. We got to have a paradigm shift in our mind that says, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. We could overcome these lies in your life. Some of you are sitting here right now going, you don't know. No, I don't know. What I do know is God is greater. What I do know is that there's nothing going on in your life that God says, oh, wow, that's a big one. (laughs) To him, they're all small. To him, they're all little tiny things. That's Not that he's not concerned about you, but to him, these things are not surprising to him. He's not sitting on his throne going, I don't know what to do with that one. Poor guy. I love him and all, but, you know, that's not in God's language. That's not in God's language. He gave us the faith. He gave us the truth to overcome these lies. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. These confessions are on the back of this sheet. Take them home. You can cut it off and repeat them as as you... You have it on your, on your mirror, on your refrigerator. I would wake up every morning and say it. It's a, it's a day to conquer. Yes. Right? It's a, it, today's a day of conquering. Yes. If everyone leaves me alone and takes off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight anyway. Yes. I'm going to fight until the word and the sword is, is a, a part of my hand and I can't let it go. 
In one other uh, version of that, it says that the sword was fused to his hand. You ever hold on to something so long that you can't even open your hand anymore? That he went so past beyond what he was physically capable of doing that he just, the sword was part of him. He was the original Wolverine. That's for the youth over here. Right? He just, it was just part of who he was. He didn't let go. He didn't quit. And it was worth it. It was worth it. Lord, we could get excited here inside these four walls, Father. We could hear a word that changes our lives, Father. But it's not a testimony unless it's tested. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Oh. We overcome by the blood of the by the blood. Remember last week I had a I had a little encounter up here with the blood, and I just said the blood a thousand times because they keep removing it from the church because it's it's gross. That's where the power is. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. So, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord. You paid the ultimate price for me to have the victory. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter how serious it may be, Lord. To you, it doesn't matter. Lord, we are more than conquerors. Father, that we would leave here this th- today with this truth that we would not just uh, uh, hear the truth, but know. The tr- it's in knowing the truth that we are yes. set free, Lord. Yes. Let us become one with the truth. Yes. Let the truth rise up inside of us Amen. every time a lie tries to come, Lord. Amen. Lord, I just pray that you supernaturally strengthen everyone within uh, the hearing of my voice today, Lord. Those that are watching uh, 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 live right now, Father, I just pray, Lord. That you would strengthen them to overcome. Strengthen them, Lord. Let that word, that truth rise up inside of him, Father. In the name of Jesus. Keep the word before your eyes, it says. Keep it hidden in your heart. There's another version that says incarcerated in your heart. Bring that word into your heart and don't let it go. It's the truth. And that's what's going to set you free. So I thank you, Lord, for freedom this morning. Thank you, Lord, for freedom this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's say it one more time. I cannot be defeated. Ready? I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here for the very first time, please go to the Connection Center. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.